Hello, and welcome to the Philosophical Angle podcast with your host, author Chris Angle. Hi, this is the Philosophical Angle program, and I'm your host, Chris Angle. The purpose of the Philosophical Angle program is to define concepts in current media. I'm the author of four books on philosophy, one of which is The Nature of Aesthetics. And uh, they're free for viewing at www.philosophypublishing.com. They're also available free upon request if you go to the website and, uh, and uh, respond in, uh, to the email address there. Along with me is my panelist, colleague, and co-host, Rick Samuelson. Good to see you, Rick. Good to see you. Rick graduated from Yale and Wharton and is a venture capitalist on the West Coast. Um, this week we're going to discuss, uh, the topic is going to be, was the Obama administration good for America over these last uh, eight years? So uh, in looking at the last eight years, uh, one kind of wonders whether the Obama administration was good for America. Um, but before we try to answer that question, I think we need to discuss what is the nature of that which is good. Um, after all, um, we're trying to decide what is good for America, and, and derivatively, uh, was the Obama presidency good for America? Well, let's start by saying that good is that which brings us up away from misery. So the Obama administration brought us up away from ministry, uh, misery is really the question that we have to ask today. And, um, well, I, I think we can we can say here, um, we can say yes, uh, because the gross domestic product has improved for eight years, albeit at a, at a very slow rate, but nevertheless, it, it has improved. Um, however, others might argue that the Affordable Care Act, otherwise known as Obamacare has been a total disaster for the nation because of its costs. And costs on health insurance policy, is, as, as has been widely reported in the, uh, in the media, has skyrocketed. Also, the deductibles on health insurance policies have, uh, have uh, uh, individual policies also have skyrocketed as, as well as uh, corporate policies, making the entire situation uh, much more expensive for the uh, American public and its companies. Um, but a liberal Democrat might argue that even though the cost is going up, the benefits of the Obamacare policy is much better for America because it, it has brought those who didn't have health insurance under the Obama uh, aegis and that it's bringing to the country an overall greater benefit. and. Uh, I, I think that they would argue uh, that uh, bringing those who don't have health insurance uh, to having health insurance is, is priceless. And, and for the moral fabric of the nation, it is obviously far, far better thing that we do than, than we have ever done before, to, to, to paraphrase a little bit of uh, Charles Dickens. Um, so after making more of a, of a betterment or, or discovering a new betterment, there is also the consideration of the, inter, of the introduction of, of efficiencies in, into, into the betterments. Uh, and to, to, ex, uh, to explain, uh, in, in our decisions, we gather all knowledge and information uh, concerning uh, any subject. Uh, we have our time and our effort uh, amidst an atmosphere of risk when making a decision. Uh, 
and uh, predominantly we bring forth new knowledge and information to make our our effort less uh, we decrease the amount of time for our product or our service and and we try to decrease uh, the the risk in making the product and service uh, or in doing any action uh, that we desire in, in making our decision it doesn't even have to be a, a product or a service it can be socially as uh, and, and when we deal with uh, with our family or, or or in any other decision that we make and and so in essence the reward to our decision making and and the means to the 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 desideratum uh, uh, that we desire is it becomes less so <clears throat> There's no clear resolution yet into whether the Obama presidency uh, through the Obamacare Act is, is better for America. Both sides have their arguments and, and they are legitimate. Uh, so, um, so you've got to ask ourselves, well, where do we go from here? Uh, well, we have to go into the definition of good and add, them, and add another dimension to it. Um, we have to bring uh, or integrate good into that which is better. So, so let's do that. Uh, so, so better is the additional good over the previous good. That is, over time, the amount of goodness increases. And, uh, but still, the same arguments on both sides re uh, uh, reside with us yet. Uh, uh, one side says that the cost to society are ever increasing, and the other side uh, might say that in the, the first place, GDP still remains positive. And, and in the second place, uh, as, as previously mentioned, uh, people who are uninsured become covered and society as, as a whole will become insured and thus the overall goodness remains positive. Uh, uh, so it looks like we, we need a, actually a third parameter or, 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 uh, or dimension. Uh, and the third dimension of goodness is, is efficiency. Uh, the first efficiency uh, as another dimension uh, in understanding the betterment produced by the Obama administration over the last eight years, we can clearly say that that many of his policy decisions, such as implementation of Obamacare, uh, increasing the debt through the the corrupt spending bill of 2009, uh, brought great inefficiency to the U.S. economy and 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 the U.S. social fabric. Um, so, um, including this dimension or using this dimension, Obama's decisions have been terrible. Uh, nevertheless, the, uh, the, the opposition and the uh, Democratic Party would, would argue um, that uh, although it is uh, or may be inefficient, again, it brings many poor people greater comfort in having health insurance and thus is a, a greater comfort and benefit to society as a whole. It brings pride to society as a whole, knowing that we are providing uh, the much more uh, uh, indigent among us uh, with, with better health, health coverage uh, as, as Europe does. So really the argument is not yet destroyed. So, uh, we're, uh, so where do we go now to be able to formulate an answer as to whether society is better off with the decisions of the Democrats in the last eight years or or not. Uh, well, you know, in, in life's decision-making process, betterment has another dimension, actually another two dimensions. Uh, and so we're going to add the next dimension of a decision-making process is ethics. 
and ethics is the consideration of making all of our decisions uh, because we want to be moral and, and not immoral. We want to be right and, and just and, and, um, and righteous in making the best decision. Without righteousness, our decisions are unjustified. So ethics is an appropriate dispensation of respect and we respect others because we consider them important in our lives. We consider them important uh, for what they produce and in producing things and services and uh, we need cooperation. And cooperation is effectuated by respect. And so ethics is keenly important to the advancement of any society because it promotes the, the cooperation by which people are able to produce goods and services and get along with each other. And our laws and regulations are made to mirror our ethical considerations and, um, uh, and our considerations uh, are, uh, are, are to effectuate cooperation throughout all levels of society. Um, and so for the indigent in our society, we feel that we owe them a, a certain degree of cooperation in which we need to help their situation so that at least they can live their lives at a, at a minimum level. So ethics now has to be introduced as a, an additional dimension and added parameter. And it's important because it governs the ability of the human species to cooperate. So let's review this concept just just briefly um, again we, we have to uh, we say that ethics is the appropriate dispensation of respect and we respect others when we consider them important in our lives and that's when we respect our parents for for they brought us into the world and cared for us and cooperated through their lives bringing betterment into our lives or our life really uh, we respect the uh, the president of corporations because uh, the corporations produce a lot of goods and services and and uh, and uh, employ employees at those corporations cooperate together to produce goods and services and bring in the potential of goodness to those who who buy their products and services. Uh, we respect others when we consider uh, that important and they are important when we uh, need to cooperate with them in order to produce something and we produce things and services in order to bring us up away from misery which is the nature of all that is good the aspect of, uh, of respect evolved within the human species uh, in order to allow us to cooperate to produce uh, these goods and services and ethics and its uh, respect allows us to become moral as morality is is good because it generates behavior that is productive in our betterment as individuals and to our human society. So uh, I, I think it's always important in our decision when when we're when we're involved with others is to is to use ethics. The the last parameter in decision making is the aesthetics of the situation, and aesthetics is the pinnacle of that which evolution has produced in both an, in the in animate and inanimate world. 
that is um, beauty is that is is that furthest point which evolution has produced within life uh, it is also the, the the beauty that is found in the inanimate physical universe that supports the evolution of life uh, that evolution has produced the physical that physical evolution has produced and an example of this would be when you look up into the sky and see the Milky Way and see how beautiful it is we do this because it represents the vastness of the universe and its existence allows us to live and be a part of it uh, the universe supports us allows us to live and uh, and which judging from its vastness and its complexities uh, it takes a lot for uh, uh, for to have happened for for us to live uh, within the university within the universe so uh, here, uh, so back to Earth here. Uh, our aesthetic sense influences our more final decisions, uh, and naturally we, we gravitate toward that which we determine to be beautiful, uh, and, and our aesthetic sense provides that. So in the case of the Democratic administration's performance in the last eight years, we have to consider whether society has advanced and cooperated in a better fashion than than previously and whether the American society is gravitating toward an evolutionary, more positive society uh, to satisfy our aesthetic sense. And in this case, I don't think it has. Uh, we see greater disharmony in the last eight years uh, in all aspects of our society. And uh, so in this, uh, the democratic left has failed us. And, as, and, and, I, and, uh, and aesthetically, it has failed uh, this portion of the of the of the test of of decision making. So overall, the uh, Democrat the Democratic administration of uh, Barack Obama has failed in two aspects: aesthetically and efficiency-wise. And efficiency is uh, is part of the aesthetic sense uh, and the aesthetic whole. So what do you think, Rick? Uh, has the Obama administration uh, failed us, or, or have the, has the Democratic Party uh, been good for America over the last eight years? What do you think? Well, um, leaving aside the intention of the Obama administration, let me start by uh, considering what, was, what have been the most important of that administration. First of all, I would cite the growth of the national debt. Um, so the national debt has effectively doubled, approaching $20 trillion in eight years. Um, we are fortunate in having a very low interest rate environment, which is partially manipulated the Fed. Uh, but this is going to be with us for many years to come. And it's going to be, if, as and when interest rates normalize, this will become a very important um, obstacle to private investment, or at least an issue that has to be dealt with. Secondly, uh, the effects of the administration in the Middle East have been calamitous. Uh, whether it's whether you chalk it up to you know, failing to um, commit to the red line in Syria or the withdrawing troops early in Iraq. Um, the Middle East uh, is literally exploding. The United States is no longer 
an important actor. Um, it is it is being directly excluded from any kind of peace negotiations in Syria by the likes of Russia, uh, uh, Iran, and Turkey. Um, the Iranians appear to, uh, through very clever negotiations uh, surrounding the nuclear treaty, uh, completely outfoxed us and now have the money to continue and, and actually increase their terror operations abroad. Uh, while we have no guarantee that a nuclear weapon won't be created in the not too distant future, measured in years, not decades. Um, in terms of uh, family income, uh, you, you might rightly say that GDP has grown steadily, more or less steadily. There have been negative periods, negative quarters. Uh, for the last eight years, but family income has not. It declined for several years, it started to recover, but we're basically not far off where we started in 2008. Uh, productivity has grown uh, in fits and starts, and in the absence of uh, productivity growth, it's very, very difficult to achieve any kind of growth in, in family income. Um, Meanwhile, uh, the cost of certain items, particularly health care, my health care, and I'm now talking about out-of-pocket costs, not ma manipulated numbers, um, which get very complicated when you talk about deductibles and insurance premiums and uh, so on and so forth. My out-of-pocket costs, real money, those costs have increased 50% since Obama was elected. This from a government that tells me there's essentially no inflation. So you could make the argument that the government uh, lies systematically on these and other matters. Um, unemployment is a similar issue. Uh, unemployment uh, is at 5% if you don't count the several millions of persons that have left the uh, workforce, which is an absurdity. Uh, if you were to measure unemployment uh, the way it was measured in the 1930s by the federal government, unemployment would be north of 10%. Uh, so again, there's a lot of fiddling with numbers that, uh, it, you know, it, it's done in the, in the name of political expediency, but when you look at the hard, cold facts in terms of how people actually live, uh, I would say the improvements have been sparse at best. Um, Let's turn now to education. Um, universities have increased their tuitions pretty much steadily throughout the Obama administration. Uh, school debt, that is debt taken out by students to, to afford their educations, continues to skyrocket as well over a trillion dollars, as well published and uh, publicized in the, in, in the newspapers. The number of students if you include all universities, community colleges, and higher education outside of high school, the number of students during the Obama administration has declined by almost a million. Now let's think about that. 
let's talk about that in the context of social justice. So, and the population's grown. So the number of students was north of 20 million several years ago. Um, and now it's down uh, just over 19 million. And why is that? Why is that? It's not that there are fewer students. It's because of the cost. The cost has continued to rise. People can't afford it. And so there are fewer students getting an education. This from an administration that uh, claims that the way to prosperity is through advanced education for as many people as possible. But this is actually what has happened. So, uh, you know, in terms of the social, what I think is the most important social, quote unquote, social justice issue, uh, the Obama administration's been a complete failure. It has the educational opportunity, the effective educational opportunity for Americans has declined. It's actually declined, not increased. It hasn't even remained flat. Uh, so to me, that's one of the most damning statistics uh, that uh, can be levied at the Obama administration, given what their stated priorities were. Uh, and let's consider for a moment what wasn't done. Uh, what wasn't done is tax reform. That was willfully ignored. Uh, you'll remember there's an Erskine Bowles Commission early on in the administration, uh, which had a set of recommendations. They, perhaps they weren't perfect, but there were a reasonable bipartisan set of recommendations for rationalizing the ludicrous uh, U.S. tax code, which is unbelievably complex, the most complex in the world. Uh, that was willfully ignored. Uh, what has happened in the wake of that? Well, corporate investment has been minimal over the course of his administration. It's been extremely depressed. What have companies done instead? They've bought back shares. Right? right? They've issued debt and they've bought back shares. Yep. What does that do? It uses their earnings per share. What does that do in the stock market? It raises the share price. Other things equal. All right, other things equal. Not always, but other things equal. Uh, so instead of focusing on the investment that is a precondition for growing sustainable jobs and um, welfare for the masses, if you will, and I'm not speaking of welfare that takes the form of you know, government subsidies. I'm speaking of the, the broader traditional concept. Uh, the administration has been an enormous obstacle to promoting the kind of private sector investment that is needed to achieve that. Uh, so here we are, and it's, it's no wonder, in the absence of vigorous uh, corporate investment, private sector investment, that uh, uh, worker productivity has is, is, is gone almost nowhere over the last eight years. It's increased marginally, hmm. if at all. Uh, and, in the, and, and without that, how are you going to get, how are you going to achieve higher uh, family income? It, it simply right. can't be done. 
and now eight years have been lost. And so uh, there's going to be a catch-up period required. Uh, and in the meantime, if we point to elements of this coalition, well, let's consider minorities. Are minorities generally economically better off than they were when he, he started out? I think we have to, uh, we're going to need part two of this uh, because we're uh, running short on time here uh, okay. for, for this episode. And uh, so next week, I, I think we can talk about uh, a couple of points that you mentioned. Uh, one is that uh, you, you were talking about uh, whether uh, about American foreign policy and what and so it's probably a good idea to discuss whether it's good for America to have a presence in the Middle East and, and, and have it be part of its foreign policy. Uh, and, um, and your second point uh, that was so interesting was the, uh, why possibly uh, the educational figures, uh, statistics, are actually decreasing uh, over the, the, the last eight years. So that's an important topic, too. So we're going to... Uh, visit these in the next uh, installment of the Philosophical Angle program. So everybody, thanks for joining us, and we'll uh, we'll see you at the, in the next installment. Thanks, Rick. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on the Philosophical Angle podcast. Be sure to subscribe and join us for the next installment.